If you're able, will you please stand for the call to worship? Come, let us gather in the awareness of God's love. We live with confidence and hope in the assurance that we are forgiven and accepted by a power greater than ourselves. Let us praise this God of endless grace and offer our hearts true worship.
Good morning and welcome to worship today at Soundside Baptist Church. The, um, you know, this time of the year, we always have those weekends where people seem to get away and it oftentimes has to do with uh, the rural religion in the South and the fall, which is uh, football. But uh, I hope that that is not the case today, that we're actually uh, just people that are traveling and not, not here today, but uh, we want to welcome all of those who made it here today to worship the one true and living God. As we gather here, we gather as a people in this location, in the heart of uh, Five Points South, and we are seeking to build a community of inclusive, an inclusive community of grace that begins first in this community and then beyond, welcoming all who come into this place with arms open wide, hoping that you experience the presence of the living Christ here, the spirit of Christ, one that, that uh, fills us and gives us a direction in life, redeems us, and also is the one who helps us day by day to see the, the world before us even as Christ himself sees it. So we're glad that you're here. We would ask that all who are here, that if you'll fill out the uh, registration tablet that's there at the end of each pew, if you can, uh, can't reach one very easily, you may have to go to the other end of the pew, but please do that for us, and uh, we'll have that of those that may be guests with us today as well. It is good to be here in the house of the Lord together today to worship and also to be, give expression to our faith that is within us. So we'd like to um, invite you to um, pass the peace of Christ by speaking to those close to you and pass the peace of Christ. And as is always the case, we uh, also want to welcome those who are uh, visiting with us via our YouTube stream fact by recording we welcome you to the worship service here at Southside Baptist our, our theme today in continuing the series series on the Lord's Prayer is forgiveness and uh, so all of our uh, music and all of our spoken word is uh, centered on that so we hope that you will uh, stay with us and a reminder that you can find all those that on southsidebaptist.org. And uh, welcoming those myself, I was just thinking as I was uh, greeting our, our YouTube uh, viewers and listeners, uh, maybe some of those folks decided they would stay home and try us on, on uh, online. I don't know. If they're out there, come on back, y'all. Uh, we'd love to see all of them uh, and any, any and all here in the worship sanctuary uh, with us nonetheless. But we're grateful to have all of us here today that we, uh, uh, to worship together. Uh, as I've been doing in the last few weeks since we've been in this sermon series uh, on the Lord's Prayer, I, I like to point out so a couple of the musical things. Our, the hymn that we're going to sing in a few moments uh, is a uh, relatively new words that are based on uh, ideas in Matthew 6, of course, um, and so you'll see that as we sing them. The tune is an old kind of sacred harp uh, style tune, which you may not be as familiar with, but uh, uh, there again, give it a go. Always, always uh, give it a try. If you're, uh, it'll improve your sight reading skills, by the way. Uh, you just have to do it. Uh, and then uh, also, if 
if you are wanting to test those uh, French uh, comprehension skills that you have let go since your college days or your high school, high school days, um, we're doing uh, a beautiful setting of the first portion without the uh, uh, doxology, as it were, uh, but the main portion of Lord's Prayer, uh, Notre Père, by the French composer uh, Maurice Durfle, 20th century French composer. Beautiful piece. Uh, we are doing it in French, so we assume that there again we've printed it in French and know that you know the Lord's Prayer well enough to kind of follow along. Um, and uh, So we hope that you will uh, be a part of that. We don't want to ever do anything that will separate persons from an understanding. If anything, we want to include uh, persons in an understanding. So uh, that's the reason for all of that printing and all of my uh, blabber about it, for that matter. Let's continue our worship as we go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, who indeed is in heaven, but is also in our hearts and in this place, we thank you for this beautiful day and for those who have gathered here to worship you, to learn more of how we may serve you and your kingdom. And as always, we ask that we may listen and participate to the, listening to that still small voice that tells us that forgiveness of others is a way to know you more fully. We pray this in the name of that person, Jesus Christ, who taught us that prayer. Amen. May we stand as we sing hymn number 694, Forgive Our Sins As We Forgive. First scripture lesson today is found in the Psalter, Psalm 34, verses 1 through 8. 
Psalm 34, verses 1 through 8. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blesses the man who takes refuge in him. Here ends our first lesson from scripture. Our second reading is from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 4, from verse 25 through chapter 5, verse 2. So then, putting away falsehood, let us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. And do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing, rather let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear it. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, uh, together with all malice, uh, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and live in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is the word of the Lord. may be seated. Thank you, Millicent. Today we're going to do something a little bit different, and those, everyone out there can't see this, but you all can. Now, what Dr. Roxborough is preaching 
about today and what we talked about was forgiveness. And you know, that can be our forgiving one another or God forgiving us. And the thing about God forgiving us is something really important for us to think about that if we think about anything we might have done that might have hurt someone else or not exactly what our parents wanted us to do and we write that down and you can take a pen each one of you and write down something that you, that you know of maybe it's not something you did but somebody that you know did maybe a sister or whatever but probably us we probably did it ourselves where we said something we shouldn't have said or we uh, didn't do something our parents asked us Jack take it right and think about that for just a moment we won't share it with everybody but um we don't want, by any means, do we want to have everybody coming up and, and writing their sins down on this piece of paper, on this whiteboard, because we couldn't hold it. It wouldn't hold everything anyway, would it? No, it wouldn't hold it all. Um, and not only that, we probably wouldn't have everyone write down those things except what we know publicly, right? So let's think for just a moment. What are some things that we would write down that I didn't do my homework on time, or maybe I said told someone that i had done something or i said something bad about someone else maybe but just draw anything out here you want to just anything you don't have to write anything just make just draw something in like writer's doing now it could be a picture of your house or your or um, your pet whatever it is for just a moment quickly do that and i want to show you something after that just Ellison, just draw something here i think i can just anything because the thing is that regardless of what it is, if it's something we've done, there's something really amazing that happens. When we confess our sins to God, God says to us, and we ask for forgiveness, God forgives us, and it's gone. It's gone. Just like that is. Ryder, just like, can you erase that? Now, that also means, though, if God is willing to do that, what does it also say? That we have to be willing to also forgive others as God has forgiven us. So when someone does something that, we, that hurts us, maybe they say something that's mean or spiteful, and they tell someone something about us that may not be true, and we come back and we say, you know, that's just not, that's not right. And we, they say, you know, it wasn't. I want to I ask your forgiveness. Do we believe them? This is what, what God says to us is this. We have to be willing to forgive others even as he's forgiven us. So if we want God to forgive us, what do we have to do for everyone else? We have to forgive them, right? We do. We have to forgive them. Now that means we can't hold on to things. We have to say, okay, I believe God has forgiven me and I can't remember it. I can't hold it over their heads and say, I remember when you did this to me and I can't forgive you. I forgave you, but I'm not going to let you do that to me again. What God says is we have to forgive completely. We have to forgive even as God has forgiven us. So what we want to remember today is that you're going to have to forgive me of something too. You know what it is? What might it be? Look around you. I didn't plan it this way, but I'm going to ask your forgiveness this week. The bag of candy is in my office. Is that an unforgivable sin? It is. <laughs> Ryder says it is. Well, we know where it is. And um, 
we can we can make that right either after church or next week how's that let's let's offer a prayer thanking god that god forgives us of all things even when we forget to bring something somebody counts on and know that god will forgive us of that too let's pray lord we thank you for these children and for the life that they have in you for the love that they share we thank you that you do forgive us and we pray lord that you will help us know to know how we can forgive others even as you have forgiven us in your name i pray Will you join me as we bring our intercessory prayers before the Lord this morning? Let us pray. Merciful Lord, we thank you this morning for your gift of forgiveness towards us. Your only son loved us enough to come to this earth and experience the worst pain imaginable so that we could be forgiven. Your mercy flows to us in spite of our faults and failures. Help us to demonstrate your unconditional love to others, even to those who have hurt us. We pray this morning that you would help us release the hurt and begin to love as our Savior has loved, to see our offender through our Savior's eyes. You call us to forgive one another as you have forgiven us, and yet the memories of what we have encountered is often too hard to bear, and we need your help, your grace, and the ministry of your spirit to enable us. Help us also for, to forgive ourselves for the mistakes which we have made in life. Help us to forget the negative and harmful words which we have even spoken about ourselves. Transform our thoughts and help us to understand how marvelously you made us. Change our habits so that we use our tongues to speak hope and favor into our own experience. You teach us to confess our sins to one another and call us to further our Lord's ministry of reconciliation to others. Grant, O Lord, that as your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, prayed for his enemies on the cross, so we may have grace to forgive those who wrongfully or scornfully use us, that we ourselves may be able to receive your forgiveness through Jesus Christ, our Savior. We come this morning to pray for our world. We know that you are close to the brokenhearted. Be with those most affected by Hurricane Florence in the Carolinas and Typhoon Mahout in Hong Kong and the Far East. Lifting people in the midst of their despair. Finding help and hope from those seeking to minister your love and peace into their lives. We pray also this morning for those who have lost loved ones, whose homes are in tatters, those who strength and encourage livelihoods have been lost, those who have been injured. Grant strength and encouragement to all aid workers who are reaching out to the storm's victims, repairing power lines, bringing supplies to those who are hungry, and bringing fresh water to those in need. And may we, op may we open our own hearts and offer our prayers and our gifts to those 
who are in need today. We continue to pray for all who mourn, who experience pain and distress of mind and heart and losing loved ones. Grant your presence and peace and hope in the midst of sorrow. And gracious God, grant to us your help in the coming week to live well, to love generously, to remember your call in our lives to be your disciples. Hear our prayers offered in the name of our Savior who taught us to pray and to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. By the end of this series in the Lord's Prayer, we'll be speaking Swahili, German, Latin, French, Broad Scots, all of them together, I'm sure. <laughs> Billy Graham used to say that forgiveness was the greatest word in the English language. I have a theological book that I use in my pastoral theology class, and Professor Andrew uh, Purvis says that the first message of the good news of God's love in Jesus Christ is you are forgiven. So Sunday by Sunday, we pray, forgive us our trespasses. Presbyterians say debts, and most others say trespasses. And a few modern versions have sins. Whatever word we use, we know that it's not good. Uh, it's a prayer that makes us aware of our human, human frailty and our failures in life. To confess sin, basically, to, means to admit, to come clean to say what is true, to own up, to be honest about who we are and what we've done to God and to one another. God who actually knows all about us anyway, and so it's not for God's sake that we are saying forgive us our trespasses, it's for our own sake. Yet 
are we honestly thinking about what we pray Sunday by Sunday? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Garrison Keillor, in his own inimitable way, in place of great fun in an essay, The Current Crisis in Remorse. In place of the standard prayer of confession, he says we would much rather say something like, Lord, we approach thy throne of grace having committed acts which we do heartily acknowledge must be very difficult for thee to understand. Nevertheless, we beseech thee to postpone judgment and give these thy faithful servants the benefit of the doubt until such time as we are able to answer all thy questions fully and clear our reputations in heaven. Contrast that with Robert Louis Stevenson, the Edinburgh author, novelist. He had a habit every morning with his family at breakfast time to pray the Lord's Prayer together and tells the story about one day when he suddenly got up in the middle of praying the prayer and left the dining room and his wife was concerned about what had happened and so she followed him out of the room and said what's the matter and he said I'm not worthy to pray that prayer this morning there are people I need to forgive I'm reminded of the first word that our Savior prayed upon the cross of Calvary it was a prayer about forgiveness father forgive them for they know not what they do Jesus, as with all the other seven words from the cross, speaking not here to other people, but speaking to the Father. The context is Calvary, familiar to us. In the midst of blood, violence, injustice, crushed bone, ripped sinew, hands nailed to the cross, as people are uttering all sorts of curses upon him, accusing him, and trying to get away with what they're doing, suddenly Jesus prays, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Oddly, the verse is not to be found in the most original and most ancient manuscripts of the Greek New Testament. It was treated by suspicion by, new, new, by the, some of the early scholars. Perhaps they found it too radical. Perhaps they figured there must be a limit to forgiveness. And surely, if that's the case, then the red line has been crossed in the execution of Jesus. But it's included, and thank God it is included. The word forgiveness Jesus offers in the context of prayer is one of the holiest moments of all upon the cross of Calvary. The most radical word of the gospel and must not be omitted. It's almost as if Jesus, as the world is doing the worst that it possibly can to him, when it seems that everything is out of control, he takes control of the moment as he realizes that the purposes of the Father are now being fulfilled. And out of those purposes of incarnation, death, and eventually resurrection will come the great message of forgiveness to be proclaimed to the world. We would expect that when Jesus is experiencing so much sorrow and suffering, he would almost use the words of the Red Queen and Alice of Wonderland, off with their heads, but he doesn't. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. As the church father Ambrose put it, more abundant is the favor shown than the request that is made. Luke's crucifixion scene is showing to us the wide scope of Jesus' offer of salvation. 
whatever evil or crime one has done is no barrier to the acceptance of God. Jesus offers direct salvation to persons unworthy who have done the worst possible to him, even those who are crucifying him, mocking him, can be forgiven by Jesus. And yet, the story of Jesus on the cross and the word of forgiveness and this prayer and the Lord's prayer is difficult for us to fully comprehend because we feel there's, there's an injustice in it, isn't there? Uh, surely that there are people who have reached the point that they cannot be forgiven. I think it's difficult because we remember our own sins when we pray the prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And we realize that forgiving others is hard. And so are we saying that we are dependent upon our forgiveness in order that God might forgive us? Because immediately we often think, I can't forget that, I can't forgive that. I'm not the only one who thinks that of this saying. Sometimes we say, that's so wrong. Uh, that's just not wrong, that's so wrong. And so that person cannot experience forgiveness. But the intriguing thing is that Jesus does link together our experience of forgiveness, our assurance of forgiveness perhaps, if you want to put it that way, and the way in which we in return forgive others. And we find it all throughout the New Testament. It's not just here. In fact, after the Lord's Prayer, Jesus repeats it in Matthew chapter 6. And Paul picks it up when he says, forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. It's a difficult topic. The words can fall easily from our lips, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive, but everything in us resists the notion of forgiving, large affronts and small. We simply don't want to do it. It feels so good to be angry, doesn't it? Paul picks it up also. He says, be angry, but sin not. So being angry is not wrong, but it can so often fall into sinfulness. I mean, people need to be held accountable, don't they? Of course they do. Frederick Buchner says somewhere that we love the taste of anger at someone who has wronged us. We roll it around in our mouths as long as possible, savoring every last drop. The movie finale tells the story of how, years after the end of the Second World War, Adolf Eichmann was brought to justice in Israel. Simon Wiesenthal, a survivor of Nazi Germany's concentration camps, spent the whole of his life seeking out those who were war criminals, bringing them to justice. He wrote a classic study called The Sunflower on the possibilities and limits of forgiveness. The title comes from the Wehrmacht's custom of putting a sunflower on the grave of Nazi soldiers. There was a military cemetery beside the concentration camp where he was, and the prisoners saw the sunflowers on Nazi graves every day. One day, Wiesenthal, a prisoner, was summoned to the bedside of a young SS trooper who was dying. The young man wished to die in peace and wanted to be forgiven by somebody who was Jewish. Wiesenthal was chosen. The soldier's name was Karl. He had been raised Catholic, joined the Hitler Youth and SS as soon as he became old enough to do so, participated in the horrors of Nazi persecution and genocide against the Jews, Wiesenthal was surprised and weary and uncomfortable as he began to tell his story about a particular incident that troubled him greatly. And he listened. 
and he asked to be forgiven. Wiesenthal says that he listened and initially and thought, but finally couldn't forgive. But he couldn't refuse to forgive. And so he stood up and silently walked away. On the 20th anniversary of the book, it was republished with new contributors, including Rabbi Harold Kushner, who wrote, Forgiving happens inside us. It represents a letting go of the sense of grievance and perhaps more importantly, letting go of our role as victim. For a Jew to forgive a Nazi would not mean, God forbid, saying to them, what you did was understandable. I can understand what led you to do it. I do not hate you for it. It would mean rather saying, what you did was thoroughly despicable and puts you outside the category of a decent human being. But I refuse to let your hatred define and shape the content of who I am. He then goes on to tell the story about a woman in his synagogue, a single mother with three young children whose husband had abandoned her for a younger person. How can you tell me to forgive him? She asked. Kushner responded, I'm asking you to forgive because he doesn't deserve the power to live inside your head and turn you into a bitter person. I'd like to see him out of your life emotionally as much as he is out of your life physically, but you keep holding on to him. You're not hurting him, you're hurting yourself. Forgiving and forgiving others is not an easy topic. It's much harder than even it seems that Jesus is suggesting. I'm called to forgive others, not because they have even asked for forgiveness, but because the one who has demonstrated such enormous grace and mercy and love to me. And I also forgive my, for myself. It is said that living with hate is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to suffer for it. God loves us so much that he expects great things from us. Loves us enough to hold us accountable for how we relate to one another. Forgiving, a God of second chance, a God who deals with reconciliation. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, restoring healing and bringing wholeness into our lives. A God who wants us to be free to live whole and joyful and faithful like living. Clara Barton was the founder of the American Red Cross. She teaches a lesson in forgiveness I think that I need to hear. One day she was reminded of a vicious deed that somebody had done to her years and years ago. But she acted as if she had never heard of the incident when somebody reminded her of it. Don't you remember it, her friend said? No, came Clara's reply. I distinctly remember forgetting it. She had made a conscious choice to forgive and a conscious choice to continue to forgive even when she was reminded of it. Clara Barton was saying, I remember choosing to forgive and I still choose to forgive. Jesus is the one who lived forgiveness. Jesus is the one who died forgiving. The profound reality of the love of God is then one that emanates from the cross of Calvary. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And then he says to us, and when you pray, say, forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. For love ever lives, forgives, outlives, and ever stands with open hands. For this is love's prerogative, to give and give and give. Will you pray with me? Grant us grace, because we need it, Lord. Grant us grace to rejoice in your love and to receive your forgiveness. Grant us grace to forgive one another as you have forgiven us. Hear our prayers. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we ask. Amen. Our closing hymn, a familiar one, number 573, It is well with my soul. Let us stand to sing.
please pray with me? Thank you, Father, for the gift of prayer, for teaching us how to pray, for giving us the ability to ask for our daily bread, for your kingdom to come and your will to be done, for teaching us to forgive others as we would like to be forgiven. For we know that what we choose to do for someone else has a substantial impact not only on how we live our lives, but also on our relationship with you. Thank you now for the opportunity to give to others for the good of your kingdom. In Christ's name, amen. Loving Father, we bring these tithes and offerings into your house. We ask, Lord, that you would bless them, that they would be used for your kingdom's work. And also, Lord, that they would honor and glorify you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. 
be seated for just a moment, please. Again, welcome to those who are with us today and those who may be visiting with us. We're glad that you're here. Uh, a couple of announcements for the week. The, um, we're ho hosting Family Promise this week, so those of you who are involved in that, please be mindful of it as, as you are filling your respective role. Uh, know that you're already planning for that. And then also we have a deacons meeting on Monday evening. Th Wednesday evening, we've been enjoying the series that uh, Dr. Roxborough has been presenting on John Calvin. This week is Church and Sacrament. Come and join us for that. It's, uh, it's um, informative and it may even change your opinion on John Calvin about how you see him and how you understand that partic the particular uh, doctrinal belief that he had too. So it's always good to, to share together and, and to discuss that. There's also on Thursday evening the Family Promise uh, Silent Auction, which is their main fundraiser. Many of us participated in that. And if you want to find out about tickets, see Brenda Tidwell back here or Chris Fisher. Either one of them will be able to give you some information on that. It is good to be forgiven, and it is wonderful to be able to forgive others as God has forgiven us. So may we remember that as Dr. Roxborough comes and shares our benediction with us. And so may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.